So great. So today, uh, today is uh, June seventh, uh, uh, twenty twenty. We are in the midst of a very interesting time. I'm. This is right now episode one of the woke as fuck show with Harry Burberry, sponsored by three one three Believe, and we've got an amazing guest. Amazing guest. Um, I know her mom, and it's Zora Bowens. And Zora, what is it? What did you say? I said yes. Hello. Yes. Please, Zora, tell us tell us about what you're doing and your background. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Zora Bowens. We'll be changed soon to Mon- Monico. Um, for reason for reasons because Bowens is the last name of a slave owner, and I'd like to change that. Um, but my background, I am black, white, and Native American. I'm from Detroit. I go to school for advertising and fashion photography, more specifically experiential branding. Um, I have more of a global perspective on things because I lived in Hong Kong and Detroit. So, yeah. Wow. Hong Kong and Detroit. I can't think of a more relevant guest. So you're black, white, Native American. You live in Detroit and you lived in Hong Kong. Tell us about what it was like living in Hong Kong. Living in Hong Kong, it's, it was honestly amazing. I mean, so the thing about it, it's like I lived there on and off for two years, right? So I, I see Hong, Hong Kongers are just so like Americans in terms of their love for freedom, um, speaking their mind, being really creative. Like, I feel like they're just, they're very progressive as a country in general. Um, so for me, when I went back to Hong Kong the second time and to see the Chinese Communist Party's kind of trying to crush Hong Kong's freedom, um, it was heartbreaking. And that's why I had to join the protest. So, hold on. you. You, 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 you did a protest in Hong Kong. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the protests in Hong Kong, they started in the summer. Um, I came home for the summer, but I knew that I was going back there. And I, I, I was going back there just because I love Hong Kong. But really, once I heard about the protests and I heard about everything that was going on, like I was going back with a vengeance. Like I was going back to help my my friends get maintain their freedom freedom from china freedom from china exactly right wow so you you you've been to protests in hong kong fighting for your friends for their freedom from china in hong kong and then you said you were in hong kong up until i heard january of 2020 right so tell me about that Right. So before the virus even, the, before the news even really broke in America, as soon as the news broke in Hong Kong, was, it was January. So I, I've known about this for, I guess, to this point, half a year, just about. Um, the virus, you know, it's, it's really different culturally because they... They, ha- I feel like culturally, Chinese people have more, much more 
empathy and sympathy for their fellow people mm-hmm. to be safe for each other. Sure. Um, but regardless, it did close my, it did cause my school to shut down. Um, I had to come back home within a week, which was really rough. Um, packing up my life, saying goodbye to all of my friends. And not to mention, like, we're still in the midst of protests. So, I mean, they were dying down, but we're still in the midst of the protests. So it, it was just very hectic. The, the Hong Kong protests. Right. So you left protests in Hong Kong, came when the coronavirus came about over there, came back to America, right. suffered through the coronavirus lockdown, and now you're in a different kind of protest. Tell us about the Black Lives Matter protest that you've been doing and tell me how many you've been to. Right. So I have been to, I think in Detroit, there's been eight protests, maybe nine. I've been to definitely five of them. Um, They're just happening every day. Um, You know, you just, (laughs) as, as soon as the news broke and somebody organized it, we were like, all right, we're going to do this. You just, you just make signs, you stay up all night, wake up, protest all the way until night, go to sleep, wake up, protest again. Like it's just nonstop. But the thing about Detroit is it's not necessarily like our police, we, we don't have as maybe as many issues with our police as Minneapolis does, though our police definitely do, do have issues, like, especially considering Saturday when a lot of people were arrested um, and there were notes of rioting and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of issues with the police and their, and their behavior. But the thing about the protests here and Black Lives Matter is that it's, it's about showing solidarity with the nation, right? So we're not necessarily protesting our police, we're protesting police everywhere, across the nation, across the globe. That's what everyone's doing right now. That's this, this whole transformative time, that's what this is about. So who was, who was arrested? I mean, so there's, you know, this talk about, oh, there's outside agitators. And is there yeah. Antifa? Is, is there Antifa? So the thing about, the thing about Antifa is that Antifa isn't, isn't a group, it's an idea, right? Antifa, anti-fascist, right? That's all it is. I mean, if you're, if you're an American, like you should be anti-fascist. Um, so I guess you could say everyone's Antifa in that sense. Sure. You know, but the thing about it is that people are, people are angry about how the police handle them in general. Like for example, Saturday, I, I didn't go to the protest on Friday. I came Saturday. Okay. What I witnessed was the aftermath of anger of people be, from people being arrested on Friday. A, a boy was shot on Friday, which was awful. Um, you heard the drive-by shooting? Yeah, a boy was shot, right? Um, people were peacefully protesting and they were arrested. So people were, people were just angry. And I was on the front line trying to calm protesters down, but the police, I don't, I don't know. 
So like black people, white people, Asian, yeah, everybody was arrested. And then why do you think they're arrested? Yeah. You're breaking the curfew or what? Um, so yes, black people, white people, everything, every, every race was arrested that night. Right. Um, the reason why was because of breaking curfew, but the thing about it is that, and I think this is what the nation is starting to realize as we see troops being drawn back and police using different tactics is that you can't, there's no reason for the curfew, like, especially in Detroit, like there really wasn't, really wasn't any rioting the curfew made people angry because we just felt like it's, it's suppressing our first, suppressing our rights to protest. Right. So that kind of, but you, but my question to you, you know, I mean, I've been to a few of these protests myself and I, I feel like there's some truth to the idea that, you know, a lot of people have been cooped up for months and this coronavirus has made people a little bit, say cabin, have cabin fever, and I, I felt like in a way that after the 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 while the breaking of the curfews, you know, it, it was like oh, you know it's like we haven't been to any concerts, we haven't been to anything. I mean, this is a serious stuff, but I felt like it was almost like some of the kids were like, oh, well, we're gonna stay after the curfew because it's kind of like the after party. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, like there were definitely kids there, like it was a party or something, and it pissed me off. Right, I saw off. that. I was very, I was extremely angry. We we went to the fist on Saturday, right? Right. Had these amazing speeches. I talked about my three demands, which are police reform, independent investigations, and transparency. Okay. And then after that, they were like, "All right, let's march." As soon as we start marching, there are kids with firecrackers, firecrackers that sound like gunshots. No, After someone got shot the day before, that's what set the police off and made, and like, that's what, that's when the sirens came on. Right, right. And, you know, but I think that like, for me, like, you know, with the whole police brutality, um, to me, that's like, was in my, my opinion, like it was like the tipping point that set everybody off. But I feel like, isn't the Black Lives Matter, it's more about not just the police reform, but it's just about overall cracking you know, racism in our country that's affected, you know, black people, especially for 400 years. How right. do you feel that, do you feel like we're making progress or do you think that we're going to do all these protests? It's going to be a lot of craziness few, for a few months and then we're just going to return back to normal. How can we avoid that scenario? Hmm. How do we really break, how do we make progress? How, if I'm a black person, how do I how do I make these protests mean something that finally makes us really change the way we are? Well, I mean, the thing about the protests is like we have so much momentum, right? So much momentum, so much anger, and it's 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 very short sighted, mm -hmm. right? So this these protests, it's not just about George Floyd's death. It's not just about getting those four officers arrested. It's also about Breonna Taylor. It's also about Trayvon Martin. It's about everyone that's been affected, right? So the, lo the long-term things that, that we need to be talking about, and, and this is when I go to protest, I talk to everyone and I learn 
what organizations I can join. Like, where can I go after, after the protests have stopped? Who should I be electing? Where can I find information about, about the laws that are in place? Um, there are many organizations, like how can I just actually making more change than just making noise? Right, right. So you're a fashion photographer and experience, you're in experiential branding. Right. So how do you feel as a fashion photographer and experiential brander how you can make the Black Lives Movement come alive and really kind of almost be advertised and marketed in such well, a way. Well, so the so the thing for me, the thing for me, and I'm blessed that I live in Detroit because I get to work with Black designers. I get to work with Black designers. I get to work with Black boutique owners. I get to work with Black models. I get to, I get to be the vessel to show to, to show their work. Do you know what, do you get what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So that's like, that's my contribution to, to empowering black people is taking pictures of their things, marketing their things, telling them how they can do this and that to make a profit and, and boost the economy of Detroit overall. Um, and I think that's that's what a lot of people can do is is lend your services to to black owners, designers, whatever, and also um, yeah, 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 and, and to support the black business owners. Yeah, exactly, and shop shop there, shop locally. Like like, can I say fuck on here? Yeah, we can say whatever you want. All right, you know, fuck H, fuck H and M. Fuck yeah. for 21. Right. Like we need to be supporting our black owned businesses in Detroit and across the nation. I mean, that's the thing. You don't want corporations to run you, then don't support the corporation. Right? right. Do you do you feel like the American corporations that like some people were looting, like you know, these like established Oh, you know, so this is this is a great thing I learned from Hong Kong, right? <laughs> The Hong Kongers, when you destroy things, you, you target specific things. Like you destroy with a purpose, right? So disrupting the MTR, their subway system, was because it was backed by the, the, the Chinese Communist Party. Destroying banks, destroying, destroying um, just businesses in general that are known to be funded by China. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Um, and they basically they basically did an economic blackout, which is what we're going to be doing on June seven, where they only use local businesses. They only supported their own country's businesses. Right. Right. So yeah, no, fuck the corporations. All right. This 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 idea of of money over people needs to end and that's what people are upset about there's no there's no reason why looting is is making is in some people's minds making more noise than murder 
Right, right. Lives are more important than material. But you feel like these American corporations, like I don't know, Target or I mean, any I mean, they're burning. We're, a lot of people are um, AutoZone or I mean, do you think that I mean the American structure is implicitly racist and like almost symbolically needs to go? What do you feel about that? Um, I think that. Hmm. That's a thick question. I think <laughs> I don't think that the I don't think that corporations are inherently racist. Okay. Right? But I but the fact of the matter is that corporations are run by people. Right? And so if these people aren't doing their part to step up in the current climate to to support the people that that buy things from them then burn it down interesting i like it yeah that's how i feel <laughs> support black business and burn down all the rest of the businesses i mean i do believe you're making a point so let me ask you something do you think america is just kind of like whack like in the way that it's set up like do you feel like asia is more of a progressive environment like hong kong where people don't express racism as much or do you think people are pretty much the same wherever you go well see the thing about hong kong the, the thing about hong kong is i mean there's racism everywhere but you have to understand hong kong is also mostly home not not completely but majority homogeneous society right it's most it's mostly chinese people sure so um i but but i think i think it's more i think it is more progressive in the way the way that they that they think about each other and they treat each other is more progressive to me like there's just there's just it's almost like a collect a hive mind like a collective understanding that when something happens, you need to be there for each other. Like millions, billions of people protesting in the street all at one time is, is just the collective understanding that we all feel this way and we need to be there for each other. And I, I feel like it, it lacks in America, but it's also hard because we're, not, we're also so spread out. Like we're much, we're much larger in landmass, you know? And more diverse. And, and we're also more diverse, but it warms my heart to see that's why I'm protesting in solidarity with Minnesota. I mean, yeah, Minnesota and Minneapolis, um, because they need to know that they're not alone, that even though I can't stand right next to them shoulder to shoulder, I'm still an American. I still will be here and I will protest on my streets for you. What do you see as the kind of America you want to live in, let's say in the next five, 10 years, what, what would be a successful vision for you as an American? A successful vision for me in America. Hmm. I think that Successful, like we, uh, like honestly, 
this is what people are asking for is the complete reconfiguration of our system, right? So the police force, prisons, um, all of these kind of authorita authoritative organizations that we have in the United States need a complete restructuring because they're built, in, they're inherently built on racist principles. Like the prison industrial, if you know about the prison industrial complex. Yeah, I just saw the 13th, uh, the yeah. 13th or something on Netflix. Right. It's, it's basically how slavery was just moved into the prison system. Oh yeah. So, so everything that we have, it's, it's built on this history of racism. So when people say like, fuck the system and, and dismantle the system, it's because there is, there's, it's, it's so broken. So that's, that's what would make America better for me would be a complete restructuring. We need to add more love, more empathy, more understanding to, pe to people in general. So it's really about really overthrowing the current broken system that we all have engaged in from corporations on down to yeah. system to police. You know, that's a huge undertaking. I, I mean, I hate to ask you, but what do you think of President Trump? You know, I tried and I tried and I tried to give this man the benefit of the doubt over and over and over. At the end of the day, he does not care about people. He cares about money. And that is what a lot of conservatives care about. It's the, when you hear on the news, oh, these looters, these looters, these looters, all I hear is economics, economics, economics. I don't hear these people are so sad and so angry. What about their feelings? What about the world that they live in, that, they, that, they, that they're expressing their anger in this way? You know what I mean? It's always money over people, and that's exactly what Donald Trump is is doing. And and I and and I will thank him from the bottom of my heart for signing that bill for Hong Kong. From the bottom of my heart. But now I feel like I have to choose Sleepy Joe because Trump doesn't care about about the people protesting. In, in his country, even though he supports the protesters of China. And my friends in Hong Kong are worried because they don't, they don't even want to push Biden. They don't even want to you know, push Biden and, and tell the world that we should, we should all influence America to vote for Trump, for, for Biden, because they're worried that he's going to be too soft on China. It's almost like we all feel like we're losing and why do we all have to lose? Like, the, it's just the, the entire system is broken. So, and I, I know, I, I know we, we want to be like, you know, joking and, and laughing and stuff, but okay. it's broken. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, we would like to, and we probably should all live in an America that puts people over profit. And that's the kind of America. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, curiously enough, though, tell me a little bit more about your experiential branding and your fashion photography and, again, how it all ties in, because I find that fascinating. Yeah, um, well, I, I don't know. So I, I'm, I personally, I'm just really moved by people. Like, I, I think that's why I'm such, an, I'm such an activist. And so advertising, you know, gets a bad rep like for tricking people and manipulating and this and that, but experiential branding is actually about making it's, it's about creating an experience for a specific set of people, group of people. So say that you like going to festivals, right. And, and, and Dove wants to get involved in festivals. Well, we know that people are smelly there. They're sweaty. They, they want to freshen up. So you put a dove tint there so people can put on deodorant and wash their faces. Sure. Right? It's about, it's about building the love for the brand, but it's about the brand actually caring about the consumer. So, it, it, so you're not tricking them. You're building a better world with products that people would actually love to use. So, and that's why I think that's important. And that's what I want to bring to Detroit. I, I want brands to be here and to engage with Detroit because Detroiters are, are so unique. Like the, the soul of the city here is, is, is just so unique, like the art, the culture, that if I can, if I can get brands here to engage with us, to, to build the economy, that's what I want to do. Wonderful. Now, I've been observing these, you know, riots and all the stuff going on around the country. And I think it's very unique, like you said, about Detroit, that we really haven't had very much destruction or violence, unlike the rest of the country. Why do you think that is? Oh, well, I mean, the history, man. My grandparents were in the 67 riots, you know? Like, I, um, sorry, I'm going to close this window. That's fine. Because I was all, I was, I was pretty much thinking the same thing that Detroiters are just tired and they don't want to go backwards. No, because the thing about it is like we're we're still rebuilding <laughs> from the riots. Like we're like like my my dreams and my aspirations are based in Detroit being in ruins, like and trying to rebuild it because I love the city, right. but the fact that the city being ruined gave, gave me the inspiration to do all of this, all of these things and build people up. Um, but yeah, we just, we don't want to go back there. We have so much respect for the city. It, it's, it's our city, regardless of the flaws, regardless of the corporations or the police, it's our city. And we have a whole generation of people who are just building up capital and waiting to take it over. Yeah. So. And I, I mean, I, I almost feel that, you know, 313 Believe, I mean, 313 Believe is our brand, but Detroit could be a model city for the rest of the country and set the tone that, hey, you know, we're white, black, we're everything in Detroit, and we're going forward. We don't need to be going backwards. So tell me more. Right. So that's, so that's the thing. Like I, it, it's a bit of a toss up for me, right? Like I, like for me, and, I, and this, this is a fascinating that you asked me this question because I've been thinking about this for the last week. It is, it is different, right? If, 
if that is the way that the Minneapolis people want to handle the situation, then I think they deserve to do, handle the situation however they want to handle the situation. I will not be burning my city down. No. Um, but as, as far as a model goes, I mean, uh, our police on Saturday were very rude and very, very, very violent with the civilians. We had major issues with them. Um, but what, what can we do? We, we, have to, we have to go into the system and root out, find those officers and root them out and get them fired. Because we can't necessarily do a complete overturn of the entire system in Detroit. But as a whole, we know there's some bad apples, as they say, but do you feel that the Detroit police maybe is a little bit easier to deal with and maybe that was a contributing factor? Yeah. Right, they, they are a little easier to deal with because so we have the Black Panthers here, we have Ceasefire, we have a lot of, a lot of old heads from, from that grew up, you know, that were in, impacted by the riots or, or even in the riots in 1967 um, that are working with the police officers to make a better Detroit. So we already have, we already have like a footing with them. You know what I mean? Like we're very pretty, pretty integrated in. Um, and even the police, the police of chief, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> police chief, right. Um, was, was surprised when he heard the stories about how some of the officers handled the protesters. And I just think, you know. There's a lot of hope. I mean, it sounds like Detroit, I mean, compared to the rest of the country, I mean, I feel like we've been leading by example. Yeah. I mean, but the thing about it is also like we like, for example, getting the curfew lifted. We didn't stop protesting. We protested day after day after day until that curfew was lifted because the fact of the matter is that when you when you have when you move in mass and you have solidarity, things change. And people won't be, the thing about it all as well is that people aren't violent unless the police are violent. That's what I've noticed. Like the narrative in the media is, is so twisted, but actually being down there on the ground, people aren't violent until the police are violent. And the police, a lot of the police, even in Detroit and across the nation, have this idea that they are supposed to be aggressive. And that they're supposed to be this force when really all everyone wants is peace. Even in Hong Kong, that's all they wanted. The people who were, the protesters, the people who were anti-China, the people who were pro-China, all everyone wanted was for Hong Kong to be a peaceful place. And they were both fighting for the same thing, just different ways. Do you, you feel like the media, like kind of depicting like America being looted and, and on fire is, is, is contributing to the, the demise of America? Or do you think they're just reporting what's out there? 
they're not just reporting what's out there because the thing about it is that like for example like the the news in detroit when curfew hit on saturday they were out they 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 were not reporting at all about what i saw you know they just like they're 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 they are perpetuating this idea that people are so violent but they don't they don't take videos of the peacemakers they don't they don't take videos of people going stop like let's all calm down let's have a conversation like don't do that don't throw that don't do this and and it just and it just and all and honestly all it does for the media is reinforce the narrative that they that they reinforce the idea that they do control the narrative that they're not truthful and honest about what's going on in the world and then and that's the thing too like people don't like the media like every everything everything that has these these big organizations of people that that have been ruling the way that we look at society for so long are fucking up and we're tired of it I mean, do you think that the media is just trying to, you know, because it's, you know, Trump doesn't like the media. Do you think it's just pushing for Biden and using using the rioters kind of as a as a political tool? Um, I think from the conservative side. So, I, like, I'm I'm the kind of person like where I've I've messed up my Instagram algorithm, so I purposefully get conservative news and liberal news. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So I can understand both sides of the argument, but. On the conservative side, like for sure, the media is 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 making is making the looting seem like it is the most extreme thing that's happening, and that we're we're losing control as America as Americans. And in in reality, when the way we're losing control is when you have a president that calls troops out, that calls its, its own Americans out as troops to target other Americans. That's when you lose control of the country. It's, it's fascist, you know what I mean? Right. Because you see a lot, I mean, with your own eyes and my own eyes, I've been to three protests, you see a lot more peace, peaceful protesters than you do violent protesters, correct? Right, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. And the fact of the matter is, like, even if it was a violent protest, even if they were violent protesters, like, they're angry. Like, I'm not going to be mad at them for being mad. Like, and, and I, I, I was mad at some people for, for doing firecrackers and stuff like that. But I also have to understand, like, these people are hurting. Like, how about we have a conversation about how to fix their pain versus what they're doing like why don't we look at why why are they doing that because they're hurting right i mean i almost feel like you living in hong kong and then being in the protests in hong kong fighting against the controlling ccp i almost feel like in a way like trump and and or our american system is almost like the ccp in America, uh, yeah. controlling us, and that we have to rebel against the CCP. That, that, that's, that's, the thing. that's the thing. Like we, like at this point, I'm almost feeling like American government, Chinese government. Like we're getting pretty, pretty close to them. Like, is is this really a democracy? 
China calls themselves a democracy. It's written in their constitution, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, freedom of speech, and religion. They have Muslims in concentration camps right now. CCP does. Right, yeah. Working for Nike. Factual. Yeah. So they're having them work. They're they're, 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 they're using, they're, they're rounding up Muslims and make, having them do slave labor to, to, to make production, like for, for Nike. That's insane. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like you don't practice what you preach. It's written, but it doesn't matter if you have a leader that doesn't care about what is written down and what all, all everyone else in the nation holds so dearly to their heart, like the constitution. That Trump does Trump Trump doesn't care about that. Yeah. And he has all these people believing somehow that his word is golden, but it's not. And and that's the thing, like the people protesting right now are the most American, most most patriotic people in the country. Yeah, the true Americans. We are the true Americans. They're like rebelling against the British government. Exactly. Exactly. They're the real Americans. And they've been forgotten. So do you think there's any truth to the idea that China and or Russia is interfering in America and has, has a vested interest in us fighting, especially racially? Um, I mean, I'm sure that, like, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it that, like, there's been bots that have been found, um, and that, and that there, there's, there's evidence that China and Russia have both had their hands in creating chaos in America. But the thing about it is just, this needed to happen because America needed to see its own ass to fix itself. Like... And, and, and that's why I, I, as fucked up as it is, I'm glad that Trump was in office so that, so that we could fix ourselves. Because if we had, for example, Hillary Clinton, who is also corrupt, but just does everything hush hush, we, we would have never made this, much, made this much noise and progression and understanding about each other and the issues in our own society. I got you. So it's kind of like the Trump backdrop of, of kind of being the anti, kind of being the fascist to backdrop to fight against. But but where do you see us again, like after these protests, because they're going to end at some point or maybe they're going to keep going, but they're, they're going to dwindle. Where, where, how do we, besides like, are you into just defunding the police now? They're yapping away about that. What are you doing? Yeah, so defunding the police, right? My understanding about defunding the police is that I can't, I can't remember exactly why. I think it's, I think it's just not using our tax dollars to fund the police, right? So I I don't I don't know I don't remember, but I 
do you remember the other day saying yes defund the police but i can't remember what but you have you like you said you have your three points tell us those points again right so i had three demands on saturday i actually have four as of tuesday but um my four demands are police reform police so reform. first first of all i think that there needs to be even talking to the police in detroit i i and trying to come to an understanding with them, I still saw these narcissistic tendencies. Narcissistic tendencies, egos, the idea that police are supposed to be aggressive. Um, and them getting aggressive with me even just having a conversation with them. Like, there needs to be a screening for that, for sure. Police because, and, and, and there needs to, like, there needs, like they, have, they say that they have all these levels of testing, but we need to be testing for rational thinking, empathy, you know what I mean? Like if the system is built on racism and the system is built on one certain type of, one certain type of thinking of aggression, then that means everyone they hire is gonna be like that to some extent. Like we need to, we need to rethink what kind of people need to be holding guns is obviously not the ones we have. Right, and, and then the other two points? Um, the second one is independent investigations. So right now there's only, like there's, there's no review board for police misconduct. Um, the people who review police misconduct are essentially the police or police unions. That's like, that would be like China investigating itself and then being like, Oh no, we didn't kill any protesters. Like it was a suicide, which is a lie. You know what I mean? Is there's no there's no accountability. And Killer Mike even said the same thing. So yeah. Killer Mike? Killer Killer Mike, he's a he's a well-known rapper and activist in the black community. Yeah. Um the third thing is transparency. So like as as cases unfold, um understanding being being able to see what's going on and why the decisions are made who made them and how um and how decisions were made essentially like the public shouldn't have to search for miles and miles to come to come to an understanding about what's going on and the fourth thing is prison reform because i mean if you if you know anything about i'm pretty sure it's called the stanford prison experiment right where they had civilians policing other civilians for um, two months that's essentially what prisons are to this day and their prisons are the most racist place in america and they need to be dismantled dismantled yeah like they dismantled not necessarily dismantled but it, it needs a complete re restructuring like yeah yeah, so those are my those are my four demands. Are you so? Are you hopeful then? Wrapping up this interview, are you hopeful, uh, Zora, as a a black, white, Native American, but black mm -hmm. living in Isle, <laughs> Detroit? That you you are you hopeful as a twenty two year old that America is finally going to turn the page and, and and make some progress? Maybe not perfect, but make some progress towards all these. Um, actions that you're calling for i think so like that's what i'm really really happy about like i think it actually is but the thing about it's like 
I, I just don't want people to lose the momentum. Like, don't lose the steam. Like, it took Hong Kongers the entire year to get some change, protesting day in and day out, you know, disrupting, disrupting the economy, disrupting businesses, disrupting the country to get some real change. Um, so I, I, I see that we, that change is starting to happen. So I'm excited, but I just hope it, I hope it keeps going. I, I am hopeful. Yes. You are hopeful. And, that, and, that, and that's all we can really rely on, hope, belief, and, and action. And yeah, exactly. Zora, you've been amazing. Um, and 313 Believe wants to be a part of this change as well. You know, we believe in Detroit, believe in the people of Detroit. And uh, we're going to be doing some more positive things to help the city and keep, uh, you know, you know, racial harmony and, and, and understanding and open dialogue and just really just you know, burying our soul and, and, and working out our issues because uh, we're like yin and yang, you know, the black and white, we're together. We're, we're just two sides of the same coin and we're inseparable. Yeah. And that's something, but um, you're amazing. And, and so you're, 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 you're Zora Bowens, but you're going to be again, what's your, what's your, you're going to get rid of the slave name. Yeah. It's going to be Monaco. Monico, I love M -O it. M-O-I-C-O. And where can people find you, Zora, right now? How can people reach you? How can they interact with you? Uh, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Generation Zora, because I'm Generation Z, Age of the Aquarius. Yeah. Generation Zora. Yep. Instagram. And, uh, and you're going to be doing some fashion photography, and, you, uh, and uh, besides the protesting and some more experiential branding, maybe some cool relevant yeah. Yeah, coming up this summer, I'm like, I'm really plotting, I'm really plotting on some things, working with some people. Um, I'm really about to make some big moves. So definitely follow me on Instagram and to keep up and if you want to work together or whatever. Yeah, and my website is also in my Instagram bio. Yeah, 313 Believe, as it grows, we'd love to, for you to do some experiential, experiential branding for us too. And we could talk. Yeah, definitely. Hey, this has been, a, you've been a great, incredible guest. Um, very, this is probably the longest interview I've done because you were the most fascinating. So thank I want to express your thanks and give my love to your mother. Yeah, and, thank you so much. And, and I, I, I hope to meet you in person and uh, I would like you to have a 313 Believe mask or something we can. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I would love that. But anyway, thank you so much. You have a blessed, great night. And hopefully we'll do this again, and I'm going to meet you soon. So thank you. Yeah, for okay. Thanks. We believe I'm here. Brand Zora. Check out Zora, uh, Gener Generation Zora on Instagram. That's yep. where she starts. That's me. And she's great. You're a phenomenon. We need more people like you. And I think there are a lot of people like you. And I think you're going to keep the phoenix of Yeah, we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. Awesome. Thank what you. What a perspective. Thank you again. All right, bye-bye.